Welcome to episode 58 of the Running on Om podcast with Jeremy and Adriana Nelson, accomplished runners and co-founders of Role Recovery. Jeremy and Adriana's interview is the third of Running on Om's Boulder series. I had the honor of interviewing them while in Boulder at the Role Recovery headquarters, where I got my very own R8, Role Recovery's revolutionary self-massage tool. If you've never used one before, I highly recommend looking into one. In the past two weeks of using it daily, I found that my tight quads and IT bands have released a lot of tension. Definitely check the R8 out. If you're tuning in right now, please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'm always open to feedback or questions, and I encourage you to leave your comments on our Facebook page. In this episode, Jeremy and Adriana discuss their running backgrounds, Adriana's journey as a professional runner, and their co-founding of Role Recovery, a company that creates innovative self-massage tools for athletes. Let's jump into the show with Jeremy and Adriana. Adriana recounts her running story from her youth in Romania. Jeremy discusses how being married to a professional runner inspired him to get serious about his running. Three tips on injury prevention from the pros. How perseverance has made Adriana's most memorable marathons in her career. What is role recovery and the story behind its invention? Races and role recovery innovations that are coming up in this year. All this and more on this episode of the Running on Own podcast. Oh. Welcome, Jeremy and Adriana, to the Running on Own podcast. Thank you for, Thanks for having us. So I get to be sitting with Jeremy and Adriana in the Role Recovery Headquarters in Boulder, Colorado, and both of them are accomplished athletes as well as business-minded individuals. So let's go to the athletics first. When did running enter both of your lives? I'd love to hear the story. <laughs> Um, I did start running when I was 17. Um, I was in Romania, but I did, you know, in Romania and high schools or in mental school, we have PE classes where they push you really hard for the grades, actually. And it's not like here, it's just like if you want to do it or not. So I've been, I was one of the fastest athletes in class and then in the school, and they just tried to push me to go, I was like, hey, you have to go to sports, run, play, whatever, you know. So one day they told me, like, if you don't go to this competition, and I was I was eighth grade, 13, close to 14 years old, um, if you don't go to this uh, competition, it's a cross country, it's only 1,000 meter, I'm not going to allow you to play, you know, or come to my PE classes, even though you're the best. So I was like, P classes, screw that. I am. I have to go to the, you know, I have to go to the, uh, you know, race this thousand meter, and I went to the race. There were like hundreds of kids there, and I was so nervous. I don't, I don't even think I didn't warm up or anything, um, and I line up with all the I was shortest kid there, and I look at these girls like next to me. I was like, oh my god, like I'm so little, you know. I was kind of intimidated. And these girls are, like, telling me, like, don't go too fast, you're going to die, you know, like. So I kind of listened to them, but then they took off fast. So I went after them, and uh, halfway I realized, like, what am I doing here? So I took off even more, and I, I won the race uh, 1,000 meters in 305, um, 3 minutes, 0, 5 seconds. So uh, when I went to give my ticket, because they give you a ticket at the end of the finish line, I had to go register a name, and uh, the coach that was there 
um, she told me, so who is your coach? Where, uh, what club are you running for? It's different the clubs there than clubs here. Uh, and I said, um, I'm actually just, uh, you know, a student. I'm, I'm, I don't have any coach. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> um, so she's just like, oh, Monday, you're going to come at this time right here with me and my husband. We coach groups and whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never went. Three years later, it happened that somehow I went to the same race. The high school sent me for the same reason. And... Um, I, that was that time I was 1500 meter and I run it again and I won it again and this time the same woman was at the you know when they find your name and she just looked at me as like I remember you like where where are you these years you know like you're not gonna leave this place until you tell me you're gonna come and train and so that's kind of how I started running basically and uh, I remember my first 5k first 3k race it was like 10.47 or something like that. And then my first 5K race was 17.55 or something like that. So every race is a big progression for me. Um, I won my first the Romanian title for the half marathon at 1 hour 21 when I was only 18. Um, and it was kind of pretty cool because... You know, you train a couple of months, five times a week, and you just go smash it. And then a year later, or even less, basically two years since I started running, I ran my first marathon, and it was uh, the same thing, like five to seven times a week. I wasn't running more than an hour and 20 minutes, and I ran two hours 46. And voila, this is how I started. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it sounds like running almost found you and kind of pushed you into it instead of you finding it which is what happens I think with a lot of people yeah pretty much like I was kind of forced is like um that's kind of how the the view like that's how people see is there you either do it or you don't do it um I had coaches there where I, I thought some athletes they were you know pretty talented there but if they saw there's no talent in them the coach will tell them straight, it's like, hey, don't waste your time here, just go study. You know, that kind of thing. It's definitely different than the States, where in the States, you know, everybody participates, everybody gets the ribbon at the end, but in Europe, and especially Romania, you either perform or you're out. You're not going to just compete because it's fun. And I think with her, they kind of saw talent, so when they see talent, they just kind of, they almost, you know, force you in this training camp, and that's kind of yeah. how it started taking me in the training camps and they you know school for them at that time was kind of like second to the sport and uh, it happened to many many athletes there like definitely if you are talented and they know you have perspective for future um they push in sports more than school but again if you're not to that pay in the the same page with them they will be like you go to school and you can come still train but push the training away and focus on your school so they'll balance it for you yeah they'll it's be very straight <laughs> it's very cutthroat yes. and I know Jer- Jeremy is an American what was your experience with athletics growing up and how did running enter your life sure so I was actually a soccer player when I was young so um, I know a lot of runners these days they used to play some kind of sport and I, I played soccer and I was always kind of the fastest kid on the team but I never really envisioned myself as like a runner like I know 
you know, through high school. And I didn't run in high school or college. I mean, I was, I was a hobby jogger. And I didn't understand training and running until I met Adriana. And before that point, you know, I kind of call myself a runner, but I was running maybe 20 minutes a day on a, on a trail. And just, you know, I wasn't training. I was just kind of running a lot. And she kind of showed me, it was, it was like really eye-opening to see what it takes to run at the professional level. And I was, I was blown away. Like, to be honest, like I've seen, you know, I've been, I've always been a mountain bike race. I was in a lot of different sports and to see what went into professional running, I was, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And I was one of those guys and I started running kind of late in my life. I think, what was I, like 25 or 26. So, and that was, I kind of fell out of shape after college. I, right after school, I had started working pretty hard. And so, you know, I was one of those guys that started in like mid to late twenties and I jumped into it pretty serious. I think she kind of, you know, living with someone like her, you know, you can't be lazy with her. So she kind of just got me training and I used to bike pace her. So I was riding the bike next to her and she made it look so easy to be honest. Like when they're these elite runners, like they, it looks easy when they're doing, it. they're not really like, you know, pushing their guts out all the time. It looks pretty easy. So I hung up the bike. I was like, this, this looks easy. I got to do this. Like, especially my wife. I was like, I, I could do this. And so I started training and I do remember the first few workouts just killed me. I remember one of them, it was like, I think we did like a 4K tempo. It was like a 4K, 3K, 2K, something like that. And in the 4K, I was suffering. She was, I was breathing so loud. I was like a horror. I was like a train going by. And I swear I was going to die. I looked up in the sky. I was waiting for Jesus to come down and pick me up. <laughs> Take me home. But, um, <laughs> and that was like kind of my first, you know, workout. And it slowly got better. I kind of understood it more. And, and I really dove in head first. And I, I really decided, like, all right, I'm, I'm going to see how far I can take this. And, and so, you know, basically going from scratch, I think I signed up for the Chicago Marathon. And there was a guy at our wedding who bet me, he's like, you'll never break 245 in the marathon. Like, if you don't have a running background, if you didn't run in college, if you don't have those legs, the marathon, like, you can't do a, a quicker marathon. And so I kind of took that bet, and I was like, all right, let's do this. And so I think it was eight months. I started training, and from basically nothing in eight months, I ran Chicago Marathon, and I was actually trying to break 230. Went out way too hard, of course, and I ran 239, that's when I finished. Um, but two weeks before that, I ran my first half marathon, and I won it. I actually won them, like, my first half. Kind that's of. I mean, awesome. So it was, it was actually, it was two weeks before, we were already in Chicago, we just got to Chicago, and there was some, like, smaller half marathon. And the goal was actually, we were going to do a workout in the half, so we wanted to have, like, drink support, and, like, a, it's hard to find good areas in Chicago to do, like, a long, hard training. So we found this race, jumped in it. We we're supposed to do like a 10k tempo, jog easy, and then do a 5k tempo, and then jog easy. But we're in the race, and like we went out, and like no one came with us. Like there were some what I thought were like pretty fast-looking guys in the race. No one came with us, so we just did our workout. And then towards the end, I was like, you know, no one's really behind me. So we finished together, like holding hands for the finish line. Oh, <laughs> we finished. that's cool. And it's actually cool because like I guess th- there's a sports reporter in Chicago that called us a couple days later and. Somehow we found out that we finished like that. And I don't know if this is true or not. It probably isn't true. But he said, like, he's like, you know, as far as I know, there's never been, like, a husband-wife team that both won the race, like, first and second, holding hands. <laughs> so they did, like, a little interview with us. And that was, like, that was pretty cool for me, like, to see that kind of going from nothing to, like, 
And I think we only ran like 112. Like, yeah, 112. We did like a 32 or 33-minute 10K tempo in it and turned out to be like 112 half, which isn't like extremely fast, but... Um, well, we're enjoying, you know, the cops and the police escorting yeah. us and... Yeah. And that was kind of like, that's like when I really dove into running and I really took it pretty seriously for a few years. And I think one of the things that is true though, like if you don't have a lot of years of running in the past, you definitely have to be more aware of injuries and things. Cause you know, like I went in healthy and I used to brag, I used to say like, Oh, well I don't have the, uh, the disadvantage of running in college. Like I'm fresh. Like I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, my body's ready because a lot of people come out of college just so beat up, so burnt out that they either give up or they just have nagging injuries and they never get over that. And for me, like, I went in, like, I mean, I'd kill myself in trainings and I didn't care. I, and I didn't do, like, recovery things. I was just, I was just kind of, like, just running hard. And um, it does add up, though. Like, I did get pretty beat up. I had a couple stress fractures and it definitely kind of catches up with you eventually. Mm. And I know you also have battled an injury, Adriana. What would you say are three tips you have for someone who's struggling with injury from your experiences that you have? I'll tell you this, like my very first injury was my Achilles tendon and that was when um, basically I jumped from the 10K half marathon straight to marathon training. Um, And I always like to be in light shoes and very like clean and very minimal. So it definitely didn't work for the marathon. Uh, and I didn't know that too and um, I was going on a long run with these very thin ra- training trainers and my Achilles got inflamed and that's the fact that I never had an injury before that I didn't know what it is I knew it was like I'm just sore or something and I keep pushing on into that and um, I didn't listen to my body I, I didn't know what it exactly is and uh, that was my biggest injury, and I had to stay three months uh, away from running. That's kind of um, how we met, actually. Yeah. Was after you were, so she, she ran, you know, I, I told you earlier, I don't yeah. think it was on the podcast, but we met, I don't know if I'm interrupting, but she went to Puerto Rico, ran the world's best 10K, and then after that, she started training for London Marathon, really hard, and um, that's kind of when we started sort of seeing I think our first date was when you actually just started to get injured with your Achilles I was injured and I was and because injured. she was injured I think that's honestly what brought us together like because she was so busy I was busy like it's just hard to like hang out a lot once you got injured she had nothing to do so <laughs> she hung out with me aww <laughs> so in a way it was a blessing yeah, and a curse yeah for sure and then um, um, time I just like you know that you know, other people probably push through. Um, there are some doctors there they'll tell you like do some cortisone in your Achilles, and I refuse to do that. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm just gonna take a break and start getting these shots that it can hurt me. Um, so I start being more at the gym and do aqua jogging and focus basically in my recovery. But if I would have known anything before this, first of all. I would never train for the marathon in minimal shoes uh, because everyone needs their support for the, you know, for the heel and for the calves not get tight. Um, so that was number one thing. And then I didn't listen to my body. So yes, I encourage everyone to listen to their body right now. Every time when I feel like my calf is a little tight or there's like a little uh, neck in there that it makes me feel like something 
may come, may, you know, another injury may occur, and then I take a day off and I go up a jogging. I, I, I see this. Basically, I take care of the recovery, first of all, and, and then see what I can do after. Um, I prefer to do, like, to take two days off and be, you know, recovering, then pushing through the injury and get worse. Um, and I promise you that two days you're not going to lose anything, but you're actually resting your body and you get fresh-minded and set for the rest of the training for the, whatever you're training for. So um, I love that. I yeah. really, really love that. I think that's something that everyone can <laughs> benefit from. Definitely. One of our first days, she wanted to take me aqua jogging. <laughs> oh, yes. I wanted to go eat like a pizza. And yeah, she, she, we went shopping to get shorts, shorts so we go like aqua jogging. That's like, awesome. I was like, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the second injury was, um, so I did very well before my first marathon and then and my second as well. And everybody just kept telling me like, well, how can you run only like so fast with only like 80, 85 miles an hour, I mean, a week um, training, you know, for the marathon. And I said, you know, I do quality training. So I was doing lots of quality training, but I wasn't doing anything long. So that's kind of what def- I would have probably run faster if I was doing that too, like more longer trainings. But um, that's what happened in, you know, the last five, seven Ks in the race. I fell asleep because <laughs> you don't have that you know, power that should come from long trainings. And I run how I run, you know, 2 hours 28 for the marathon and 1 hour 09 for the half. Um, But then I start training. I was like, okay, let's just put all these trainings together. And I didn't think too much. I put a lot more miles. And, you know, my long runs, my longest runs before was an hour and 20 minutes. Okay, but... I will push another 20 miles and I will not consider that a long run. I will consider that a workout. But this time, I took it the other way, so I did long runs, but I also didn't, um, didn't stop that back off in the speed workout. So you were doing intensity, intensity and, and long, yeah. And part of that is like, it's something with training is that um, you listen to all these different things and I think you're kind of in between coaches and stuff and you kind of start, this is really dangerous for runners is that when you start sort of listening to everybody. I mean, it's good to listen to everyone. Everyone has a good opinion, but you sort of have to sit back and like sort of formulate your own thing that works. And she had already had a really successful career. And then you, but you start listening to like, oh, like so-and-so, they like won New York Marathon and they were doing this. And then you're like, oh, I should do that too. We we're kind of listening to like everything and thinking we kind of had to do that. And you sort of start feeling the like- pressure, yeah. Yeah, insufficient if you're not doing these things. And so I think she started like incorporating all these things without giving away what we used to do. And, and uh, it was kind of a lesson, like, do what works, just do what works for you and stick with it because everybody's body is different. Everyone totally. responds to different things. And, and at the time, going from, she was kind of recent off, like, college running where it, it is kind of, like, shorter, faster type stuff. Um, you're, you're kind of used to that. So she was running good races right out of school. And then, and then you start hearing about, like, what, like, some of these awesome runners are doing and the volume they're doing and all this stuff. And you're like, do that too and it didn't work it didn't work and I got my you know injury and my hamstring and uh, it took me two years to actually really realize what it is and how to get rid of it um, so I, I guess I pulled my hamstring a couple of times over striding 
going downhill, like I told you, like I was kind of horrible downhill. I was trying to hammer everything uphill, downhill without thinking too much. And especially my body was pre-body, so I kind of gave up a little bit. Um, and then I treat my hamstring here in Boulder with uh, this guy, um, um, Steven Rizzolo, who did a um, dry needling. So that's how I actually broke that scar tissue in my hamstring and released that um, tension that I was having, you know, just kind of like stopping me from trying to run fast. I could run long and like kind of certain pace, but every time I would try, try to go fast, it would be very painful. So, um, but thanks to him, you know, and um, Jeremy Rogers was also the one that helped me with my um, biomechanics. He was trying to figure out if I overstride and if I you know, swing my arms a little weird but there's not much of the case but overstriding part it was yeah. um, so these two guys really helped me a lot So it takes a team to train oh, I know yeah. you both support each other in that what do you think uh, over Adriana's career has been for both of you the most exciting race maybe for you to run for you to watch or you to be a part of the training cycle and the process that's a good question well you know it's, it honestly seems like um, I mean, there's just so many. Let me let me think about one that really stuck out. Um, you know, actually, one. I mean, this was a recent one. It just comes to mind as you say that. But um, it's the New York Marathon that happened this fall. So I mean, this was like her what ninth marathon or something or tenth. I don't know. I forget how many you run now. But I saw her training going into it, and and she was just just crushing workouts. Um, so I was watching her do these runs like up in Magnolia and some of these trails we were talking about and uh, I was just really amazed how strong she was going into it and I really thought that was going to be one of her best marathons only because she had so much volume going into it and I knew it was good because she hadn't done a ton of workouts yet but she'd go down and do workouts that it would take a long time to build up with previous workouts before but because she had been doing all these just hard long efforts it was just coming really easy. And then, so we go to New York, and it turns out, I don't know if you, if you remember, but this fall had, like, crazy weather. There was, like, really strong headwind, and, um, and she turned out to be top American, and it was pretty deep. So that was really cool to kind of see that, even though her time was, like, one of her slowest times ever. I think it was, like, 235. It was just really cool to see her kind of fight through that, because it was one of those ones where everyone was either dropping out or, dro or literally losing 20 minutes. I think there's girls that should have run, you know, 20, 30 minutes faster, and they, and they didn't. And so just to, as I was sitting there in the media room che checking all the splits, and I was just like, you know, I was just thinking about her, and I was like praying, I was like, just stay strong, and to see her keep chugging through and running alone, because there was kind of a front group of East Africans that were doing pretty good, and they were charging forward, and, and to see her come through and finish top American, I was just like, I was just so thrilled. Even though it was like her slowest time, I think it was... One of my most memorable races watching her do it. So tough and really persevering. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see, like, you know, to um, actually hear the feelings from the one besides you, you know? <laughs> For sure. So one other really, I'll tell a quick story real quick. So yeah. another funny one, though, was uh, during the Rotterdam Marathon years ago. <laughs> and uh, this isn't actually funny. This is scary. But it's funny now looking back on it. But, um... That was another one where it was, like, just really crazy. You can never predict the weather on that day. And it turned out that day was, like, really hot, and she was really aggressive that day. I think we were trying to run, like, 
224 to 25 and she went out with that she even had a pacemaker for that so it was it was one of those days where kind of nice where there wasn't like a lot of spotlight on it, it was just a chance to run fast she went out hard I was and too. <laughs> I think she had a little cold before that we're like oh, let's go for it like and especially racing in Europe there's there's kind of less pressure because in the states you get a lot of pressure and you have to perform and there was like let's just run a fast race like let's just go for a fast marathon so she goes out hard and the coverage was really bad so I, I saw what happened like at halfway and then 15k and then at 15 to 28k she slowed way down so I was like okay she's either gonna drop out I was like something's completely wrong and I see um so I'm now I'm at the finish line just kind of waiting to see like what happened and I see the first girl come and it was really slow too because everyone was slow that year just because it was so hot and I see the second girl come through and then I went back inside to talk to her manager, Brennan Riley, and just to see if maybe he knew something and what happened. So I come back outside and I see the fourth place girl, fifth place, sixth place. I see everyone, and at this point it's like 240, 245, like the time is just adding up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like something is wrong. And then finally someone says, uh, oh, she's, uh, she's in the hospital area. So I'm like, oh no, like I freak out. <laughs> I run over to the hospital, I see her in a bed, she has IVs hooked up to her, there's doctors around her, she's just bleach white, has purple lips, I mean, it looked like she was hypothermic, and I asked the doctor what's wrong, and I said she has, her, temp her body temperature 93. was 93, which is just, like, so dangerous, I look over at her, and first thing she says to me was, I got third place, and, <laughs> and I go, uh, yeah, sure you did, honey, because like, I, you know, I saw everyone finishing, except that third place girl, because I ran inside, so... I'm like, yeah, right, uh-huh, okay, you did, you know, like petting her, like, yeah, good job, you know. And, and You're then, delirious. Yeah, so I thought know. she was, like, hallucinating, because I thought she dropped out maybe 20K. Oh, my and then, God. Uh, and then turns out someone else was, yeah, she got third. I was like, dang, have you finished? Like, I think it was just, like, really cool. Wow. Wow. So I, I think, like, you know, your best race is when she runs fast. Like, some, for me, it's, like, it's cool to run fast, obviously, but the ones where you had to, like, fight through and I see her fighting through it that's when I'm like that's awesome that's, that's cool. an incredible athlete yeah now for yourself yeah. what has been a race that you've been really proud of or a race that you've um, taken a lot of joy from I do have uh, a few couple races in my mind and I do enjoy all the races even though some of them are not my best and, and it's kind of weird to say this but almost like none of them has been the best yet so I'm still waiting for one of my best races um, but uh, one of the best races and it just kind of like brought me wings it was um, in 2005 when uh, we went to the world championship uh, for the half marathon in Edmonton and um, that was the time when I was running for Romania and we for Romania were top 10 and I was one of them and then we got a gold medal for the world championship so that was really really you know enjoyable to have that gold medal in your hand um, and from there it kind of shows me that I can be a professional because that's the year when I basically finished my you know running for school and uh, finished my eligibility and uh, I got picked up by um, Nike for a year and then from since then ASICS for so many years um, so I think that's where basically you know it, my career basically started, and that's why I can't forget about that race because um, it was the launch pad for yeah. You know, it's I knew like everybody was hoping, like hoping for me to do well and continue running, and 
uh, they were having like this vision that I can be a good runner. So um, that was a start. And then, you know, I kept running and I did tops and 10Ks and nothing happened really in 2006. But then in 2007, that's when I got injured and I met Jeremy and I debuted in my first marathon in Chicago in 2007. And I was scared to run it, you know, because I hadn't run it since I was 21. Um, a race that really scared me. No, 2000, actually. It scared me because I collapsed in the marathon and I did not get up and the ambulance picked me up. So it really scared me to run a marathon again. And it took me seven years to run another one, push, being pushed by manager and everyone else. And when I went to the start line, obviously, you know, it was my debut, basically, that's how they called it. And um, there were girls there from 220 to 25, at least 10 of them. So I didn't have any pressure, but my pressure that day was to finish the race, first of all. Second was, I hope I don't end up in the ambulance again, like my last, because I had like nightmares for so many years. And then my biggest goal was actually to finish top 10, you know, especially with these girls. And I ended up finishing second place. It was like really bad weather, like it was about 90 degrees that day. And everybody was having a horrible day besides myself because I was really enjoying it. Um, and it was my race until my, the last 30 meters of the race when I got passed by this Ethiopian girl, Behan Adere. Uh, that was my mistake. I didn't look behind good enough and I was waving the crowd and I lost the race probably of my life, but I'm still waiting on that. Have you seen that somewhere. video clip? I guess I've so watched it. She's like it. three seconds back and we were screaming. That was one, that was her first yeah. marathon that I witnessed her do. And the night before the race, which kind of scared me, she's like, you know what? I feel like at this point, I'm either going to win it or I'll end up in the hospital. <laughs> and I don't know what that meant. And then she's like, well, realistically, I hope I get a top 10. Like, the goal is like top 10. So. To see her finish second, first or second or anything, was like just outstanding. But we were shocked. I was watching the race with my brother, and because um, his wife was also running it too, and we were kind of jumping around the course. And I saw them come through halfway. And as we made our way back to the finish, I started hearing the announcer talking about um, Adrian and Adrian. And I was like, and I was like, is that Adrian? Like what? So I ran over to the where they have the monitor, and I see the cameras are on her. And I didn't, I wasn't sure if maybe she had falling off the group and they're filming her if she was in the front turns out she was in the front winning it and pretty far ahead of Berhana Dere the Ethiopian so I was like we were just like oh my gosh she's gonna win a major marathon her first professional race she's gonna win it and uh it just wasn't meant to be that day I think it wasn't you know it wasn't God's will and when she was coming in I saw Berhana Dere sprinting and everybody was screaming look back look back look back because she was kind of slowing down at that point I think You'll see a lot of track legs and stuff kind of slow down and wave and kind of enjoy that enjoy enjoy oh that moment. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's yeah. one of yeah, the most special head. moments. Well, she was enjoying it maybe a little bit too much because <laughs> Bernard there just sprinted right by her. And I mean, she had one of the most amazing, probably 400 meter finishes of a marathon ever. And wow. she yeah. just was flying and got right in front of the finish. Well, at least I finished. Uh, I mean, I got fit by someone who was running 220, right? Of course. <laughs> so I don't... Um, you know, I did have like nightmares and thoughts and I wish I would have looked more behind and I wish she, I knew she was there because I wasn't really finished. Um, but I still take 
take it, you know, I, from like telling him, don't worry if I'm in the hospital, I'll be fine, to like almost winning the race. It's a huge difference. So I'm really pleased and happy that I was able to even, you know, to get there. For sure. And I think so. something you both have touched upon is you still have so much more in you and you're so yeah. excited for the races that are to come and just from your journey and learning how to train your best for Adriana's body and life that's really kind of the key that you guys it seems like are really tapping into right now yeah and I know one component of that is your role recovery business for listeners who have no clue what role recovery is explain a little bit I mean they should definitely look it up online potentially buy one (laughs) Um, if they're a runner or a triathlete but yeah Yeah. what is it and how has that changed your training both yeah so um we launched role recovery about two years ago and uh We've been working on it about a year before that, but essentially it's a deep tissue massage um, that um, has all the force built into it. So, um, you know, it really started that um, I was watching Adriana get a massage once a week and she's spending, you know, anywhere from 50 to $90 on a massage. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't justify that because I, I couldn't afford it and I didn't want to pay that kind of money. And so I was kind of stuck to, you know, foam rolling and using the stick and, which is okay, it did, it did an okay job, but I, as, an, as a mechanical engineer, I kept thinking like, you know what, there's gotta be like something better than this. And um, I went to Google and I was trying to find something I could use that would be better. And I was really surprised to see that there really wasn't that much innovation in self-massage, which is a huge market. And so I decided to, you know, make a couple prototypes. I was kind of doing some sketches and I had an idea in my head what I wanted and it was exactly what our final product look like. It was just, I had it like envisioned. I just couldn't, there was nothing else like it. So, um, you know, I didn't really envision starting a business out of it. I thought, you know what, let's make some prototypes and just see what we can come up with. And the first prototype was a uh, kind of funny looking kind of clumsy. And on the computer, the computer model looked awesome. And I think it had potential, but prototyping is so important. So I made the working prototype. We tried it and you could kind of see like, yeah, this kind of works, you know, but um, it wasn't there yet. So went back to the drawing board and drew a bunch of concepts and um, found one design I thought could be really promising. And so I went in the garage, made a prototype. And I remember the minute I put it on, I was just like, this thing is awesome. I remember thinking like, I tried it one time and I ran off and showed my neighbor who was a big cyclist. And I was like, <laughs> dude, try this. And he tried it and he was like, whoa, man, this is awesome. He's like, he's like, can you make me one? <laughs> and that was kind of the response. And I started showing it to some of our runner friends and and I, I wasn't really thinking about having a business out of it. I was really just like making like a really cool tool. And, um, and so that's when, when our friends started saying like, you know what, I'll, I'll buy one from you, just make me a prototype. I was like, well, if we like it, I bet a lot of other runners would like it too. For sure. And uh, that's kind of when I decided mentally, like, all right, let's try and do this. And, and uh, there's a whole lot of work that went from like the prototype to actually launching a company, but it's been the most exciting journey. And you it's know, been, but uh, there is also like sacrifices. You know, we used to live in Collins, and we used to have a, like a really nice house, and we had to give up um, many things to leave them behind, and friends that were living there. And um, the only way to do it was to basically sell a house. Um, rent a place. We literally sold everything. Yeah. I mean, I think we sold, we put our house up for sale. We sold, we had two cars, sold them. We like literally, we were even selling shoes on eBay. I mean, we were selling everything we had to make it happen. And I think that's, 
I think that's where a lot of people that have good ideas kind of abandon it when they see like, oh wow, this is commitment. And But it, it's funny because looking back on it, it seemed scary. It seemed sketchy and like, you guys are crazy. But at the time when you're in that, when you really believe in it so strongly, it didn't seem scary. It just seemed like this is a logical thing to do. And so we, like Adriana mentioned, we started in Fort Collins, but um, we decided to make the move to Boulder just because it was new running and I lived in Fort Collins many years and, and it just seemed like a really good place to launch Roll Recovery. And uh, so we came here and we launched it and we haven't done really any kind of advertising. And the most exciting thing is kind of seeing it just spread organically. There's people talking and you know all the phone calls and emails we get or just people that so their friend had it and they saw it somewhere. And that's when it's like so exciting to kind of just watch it spread. And to know that it's in households and gyms around the world that you don't even, yeah, you know, people that, are using it right now and you, exactly. <laughs> you don't know who or what. That's so yeah. cool. Someone so, someone said it the other day to me, like, isn't it cool that, you know, thousands of people around the world are using it now? And and I'm, it just kind of seemed like, yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I guess we're not done yet, though. I still, it's almost like racing. Like, I still have so many more goals and things I want to do. So we're not, we're definitely not done yet. I have this sense of urgency to keep doing more and keep innovating and keep making mm, cool stuff. But I'm definitely so. super proud when I see someone, you know, with the roller, like, I even saw people in the airport, on the plane, right next to me, like, on the roller, and I got it up mine too. I was like, hey, yeah, <laughs> me oh, too, people, you know? like, we went into this small so. town in Kremlin the other day. We walk into this coffee shop, and we weren't oh, wearing yeah. anything with roll recovery on it, and this, the woman behind the counter said, you guys are the roll recovery people, and... I looked down as if I was wearing a logo or anything, and I was like, how do you know? She's like, and she pulled it out like, I have one. And wow. It turns out her daughter's a really accomplished runner. And so just seeing, like, that happen is, uh, is, is really exciting. Yeah. We really do embrace it. Like, all these tweets we get and Facebook posts about, like, I literally, I, we, we read every one of the posts. We love it. We even print them out. We're going to put on our wall in the office all the cool tweets that we get just because we, we mm. so, we're so appreciative of, mm. of the feedback. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Both you guys are inspiring people, but you're also inspired by the people who are the product is reaching. It's awesome. It's a relationship that you're creating. Yeah, yeah it has been really fun and to do a business kind of ground up and um, it definitely has been exciting. Now, what is ahead for you guys in this upcoming year, both in training? I know Jeremy mentioned off air that he has a half coming up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what kind of races and also what are you excited about Roll Recovery? Sure. So uh, I mentioned I'm racing the Chicago Rock and Roll Half Marathon. And I'll be pacing you. She's going to pace me. And I'm in nowhere in anywhere near shape. I'm just, um, at this point, I'm just trying to run a lot and stay healthy. And um, But she's just looking forward to a good fall marathon. Yeah, I'm hoping, you know, to go back to New York. And um, right now I'm like in the marathon training. And I decided, it was like, you know what, if I come to Chicago for the Rock and Roll and being there at the expo and helping, I won't be able to really race some hot my hundred percent you know shape anyway i'm not in that kind of stage now but his goal is to get back into running and see where you know where he's right now and um his goal is to run about an hour and 17 so um i'm gonna push him i'm excited <laughs> no it's gonna be cool because um we have so much memories from chicago and i just love to be there and uh just to be basically in the middle of the pack with lots of people around, I think it's going to be so much fun. Totally. And usually, you know, we take off and I don't see anyone else. And just at the end of the race, I see people, but this time we're going to be with so much more people, more fun. 
Yeah, that's a great experience that you guys will get to share together. Yeah, yeah. it should be fun. I'm excited to follow that. <laughs> Thanks. So you have the New York Marathon in the fall. Yeah. And are there any other races leading up to that other than the Chicago Half next um, weekend? That yeah, I'm actually uh, considering running the Nationals for the 20K, which is on September 1st in New Havens. And um, uh, that'll be kind of a test to see where I am, basically halfway before the New York City Marathon. Um and then uh, probably I'm going to do another half marathon. It will be either um, Philly, Philadelphia mat- half marathon, or Boston half marathon. We'll see which one is more like... We'll see actually what Brad Hudson, my coach, will also want me to do because um, I have to be careful that I can't, you know, let the training down for one race. Uh, but I still want to run the nationals and kind of, push harder than I, you know, I'll be in my shape at that time. So, um, yeah, that's kind of all. That's really exciting. Yeah, we tried some few short races before I start training my marathon. And just to get back my leg before, uh, after the uh, Boston Marathon, which is kind of tough to come back a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm happy the way I feel now. So it's prom- pretty promising that it should be a good fall marathon. Definitely. Jeremy, what's ahead for you? Either roll recovery or any marathon? Sure. You so got the bug? You know, I'm, I'm really excited about some of the stuff we're doing here at Roll Recovery. So, um, you know, right now we're, we're selling one product. So um, one of the things we want to do, which we're working on, and we're almost about to finalize it, is, is really giving back. And that's giving back to these athletes that, you know, motivate us and inspire us. And, um, you know, there's a few, you know, top-level uh, marathoners and athletes that they get paid well enough, they're doing really well, but there's a, a whole bunch of like athletes that are just so close to making, they just need help, they need some support. And so we're, we're going to do something really exciting for that. And we haven't launched it yet, but that's going to be really cool. And hopefully in the next month we'll have that finished up. And that should really um, hopefully help out a lot of aspiring athletes to get to be where they want to be. And, um, and then we have two new products that we're working on and, and, uh, I, I wish I could share them with you, but it should be really cool once we have those finished up. So there's just so much to do and just so little time. I feel excited. And I feel honored that you guys shared this time with me. So to close up our interview, I have a few fun either or questions. And because I have both of you together, perhaps we could try to do this with another couple recently, Uh-oh. but you could try to answer what you'd think the other person would answer. Do you guys, yeah, do you guys want to go for yeah, it? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So Jeremy, Tea or coffee for Adriana? Uh, that's a good question because she was a huge tea drinker until I started making her lattes every day. So I'd have to say lattes. <laughs> yeah, correct. And what about for Jeremy? Oh, latte all the way. <laughs> latte all the way. Okay. Sunrise or sunset for Adriana? Sunset. She sleeps in until like if she if she didn't have anything to do she'd sleep in all day. Right. <laughs> and Adriana, sunrise or sunset for Jeremy? The same. <laughs> the same. Yeah. So you guys are the same com- page. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you guys are compatible. This is good. Yeah. Um, the next one is would she rather fly or be invisible as her superpower? Would she rather be in- fly or be invisible? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. I would say be invisible. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. And what about for Jeremy? I think it's 
the same thing, but he likes to fly too. I think I could fly too. Well, you'd balance each other out. Yeah, I'll carry her. I'll just carry her around. She'd be invisible, and now, now I'm carrying her, and I fly around. <laughs> and the last one, chocolate or vanilla? I definitely know the answer to that. You want me to answer? She can answer for me. Chocolate. Hundred percent chocolate. We eat a lot of dark chocolate. So yeah. Good. That's our thing. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for sharing this time and your stories on the Running on Elm podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. It's awesome. You know, I hope we, um, you know, inspire and help people. And uh, if anyone has questions, they can always like reach out to us, and we love helping in any way. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um. Thanks for listening to episode fifty-eight of the Running on Own podcast with Jeremy and Adriana Nelson accomplished runners and co-founders of Rural Recovery. In the upcoming weeks, the Running on Own podcast will be publishing numerous episodes with amazing Boulder athletes and minds. Stay tuned for these inspirational stories. If you'd like to connect with Jeremy and Adriana and the Running on Own community, you can find us on runningonohm.com, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The Running on Own podcast needs your help to continue growing and reaching more listeners. If you've just listened to the podcast, please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider leaving a review on iTunes. I'm always open to feedback or questions, and I encourage you to leave your comments on the Running On Home Facebook page. This is your host, Julia Hanlon, and I hope you have a beautiful day.